0: This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things ComicBookClick, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, it's a brand new episode of the Over 10,000 Listens Major Issues Podcast, and as always, I'm never alone, sir, so please introduce yourself.
1: I'm a very excited Dan the Comic Book Man.
0: Dan the Comic Book Man is here in studio, we're I'm back. Our, we're keeping our social distance, we're all lathered up. In hand sanitizer. As a matter of fact, we we I burned be our pure. we burned our clothes at the doorway. We're all covered in hand sanitizer, whereas are uh, whereas um, clean and as as we can be in this point in time, and usually, usually, I'm, I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of a backstory here. Uh, at the major issues studio, um, once a month, no, I would say once a quarter, we sit down and we narrow down uh what we want to tackle. As far as the latest and greatest comes to comic books and comic book media. Sometimes uh, we're doing whole movies. Sometimes we're doing whole seasons of a show. Sometimes. I think Young Justice, we did three seasons of Young Justice in a single episode. Um, Jesus. That's a lot. Yes. So it gets... um, Usually we're trying to uh, create this content around things that are happening. So if a Wonder Woman comes... Like when Wonder Woman... 1984 comes out for Christmas. We'll be covering One Woman for the first time the week before. Uh, so it's always about coming up with content that's relevant to what's going on now and with everything declining, with like delays in comics, with delays in film, almost every film, right? This year. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it, it, it wouldn't be so bad to say that we're probably going to put a pin in the awards this year because.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Really there wasn't much. There's nothing that we could give awards to.
0: Right. But. Um, Even in this very dreary year, we do get semblances of, of light, of genius, of inspiration. Um, We have a whole slew of shows came out this year that we were able to cover, you know, fortunately. We did get two comic book films, Birds of Prey and uh, Bloodshot. I was going to say Deadshot and Bloodshot um of varying qualities
1: but we were able to We cover still got those. two we, we we're, still... we're gonna get three on well, december 25th is still yeah, this year Wonder so we'll Woman. have three at least we'll have three comic book movies this year and at the so very james least... cameron can sleep at night now and,
0: and and i did see new mutants uh so that's a thing maybe oh yeah we'll, i still
1: have to see that maybe
0: we'll take uh some time to cover that here but um yeah you know in messing around with the schedule and stuff we did have uh a comic set to be reviewed today but in all the madness that has been going on you know in this holiday season and with COVID and there's been a lot on all of our plates when it comes to comic book um click in general and comic book media and all that stuff but one thing that's been blowing up literally all over the internet I don't know if you're aware of this uh Daniel manual but everyone's been talking about a little old Jedi named Ahsoka Tano
1: Man, I'm so happy about that. I'm so happy that even happened.
0: We're gonna we're gonna keep it spoiler free, but, um, Ahsoka, uh, who has a, a lineage of fans that date back to her
1: appearances
0: in, um, Rebels and and she's about Star I would wars, say like Clone
1: wars. Let me see, she's about like twelve years old, a twelve year old, thirteen year old character. You saw her very first time in two thousand, like seven, I think. Yeah. So, it's been about it's been about thirteen years that she's existed in media
0: right right and so um there were people that were clamoring for this character to be brought in to some kind of canon you know the the disney and star wars have always been kind of weary as to what they want to include into their canon what they don't um co-host of the show you know jonathan escudero aka yogi humongous ahsoka tano fan i think he goes to the lengths of saying that ahsoka is his favorite Star Wars character.
1: I think he's mentioned that too before. That that's his favorite Star Wars character.
0: Yeah. So this character with so much gravitas behind it, with so much promise, with so much um, good original content around her, um, this was one of the most anticipated debuts in Star Wars in a very, very long time. Like no, oh, 100%. One, was no one was wondering who was going to play young Han Solo. Like things like that, people didn't really necessarily care about. But with Ahsoka, it was it was a big deal and. Like I said, without giving away too many spoilers, um, I think they did a tremendous job in making her someone... In educating us, who, like me, I, w- I wasn't very knowledgeable about the character. But they were able to educate me and get me excited to see what, what's next with that character. And where would that character go from on from here?
1: I'm pretty sure it's rumored that she's getting her own show.
0: Right. And Yogi was such a fan that... Um, it was everything he ever wanted. So when you, when, you are some, when you are somebody who's close to the material, like Yogi, um, I take your opinion to heart. Yeah. Like you're the one that you've been waiting for this debut for so long. You have in your head, you know, uh, what, what kind of uh, changes you wouldn't really mind versus what definitely needs to be there for this character to be the character that they are. Um, you know, it's always the, that first impression is incredibly important. It's important. Um, since
1: he watched like 11 seasons. The of, whole thing, he has a he connection a, with this Yeah, character. he watched two shows, 11 seasons worth of Star Wars with this character. Right. So he did, you know, you, when, when something like that happens, you definitely have in mind, where was the last time I saw this character? Where could this character go next? Where is this character going to go next?
0: And, and, and the antith- antithesis of that, uh, to give an example, and I gave this example in the Major Issues group chat, but it's like Cassandra King. Cassandra King was a character that I followed, that I really had an attachment to, that when I found out she was going to be in Birds of Prey, I was extremely excited. Um, she was a, a mute character who spoke um, through body language and then ultimately ends up learning how to speak through Shakespeare. And so she's this, she's almost like the female in the sense that she's incredibly deadly, um, female of the boys fame. She's incredibly deadly, but she's mute. And then learns to love and learns to emote through the Bat family. I thought that was such a cool idea. And they basically scrapped all of that when it came to Birds.
1: Oh, that's not Cassandra Cannon anyway. What you just described to me is definitely not the annoying chick that I saw on that (laughs) screen.
0: I mean, it happens. It happens. Um, But I I was very surprised that they went that route with it. Um, We talk all the time about how much of a responsibility it is for these studios to... Get this right. (laughs) Some of these characters have been popular for decades. Some of them just around the corner like a Harley Quinn. But in nailing that first impression, people will never forget the first moments in which they've seen some of these characters. Um, And they will take that opinion with them to the grave sometimes. And if it's a bad impression, they may never want to go back to visit that property, visit that character, find out what's going on with that stuff. There's a litany of comic book fans that I don't think ever care if we ever get a Fantastic Four movie again. Nope, because they've been burned so many times; they've with, never done it right. And and if and the thing is, to the layman, to the to the person who's not reading comics, I, I would think if it doesn't get done right three times, maybe it's not good. Maybe the thing you're trying to adapt isn't good. Because how could you not get it right three times? And that's not the case. Fantastic Four is amazing. There's some uh, John the Heckman Hick- run in particular, really really good stuff. That if they would have pulled from you know, we probably would have gotten something inspiring. But instead, uh, we got the, the three failures as it
1: was. So if you want to count the 90s, one, four.
0: <laughs> so I think of Ahsoka. I think of Cassandra. I think of all the comic book movies that have come and gone, all the television shows that we've sat through and some of them that we've even reviewed. And I challenge you, Dan, to help me come up with some of the best first impressions when it comes to comic books Comic book movies and comic book television shows. Oh, this is good. We're not to be fun. going with comic book debuts because I think that's a whole nother
1: No, the, a, no of, a, a, that's a debut a and a show. first impression are two different things. Yeah. That's yeah. a
0: whole nother show. That I'm pretty sure that would we, we could stack. I'm pretty sure you really guys have cool...
1: done this. No, I've not been on it, but I'm pretty sure Major Issues has covered best comic book debuts. We've
0: done uh we've done comic book movie moments, but like I said, um some sometimes when it comes to the schedule, we'll tackle something very specific, like a very specific comic. And then sometimes we'll say, no, we're just going to tackle this character and in a broad sense, all the stuff that they've done. So it's it's cool sometimes to zero in on something very particular. Like last week was Doomsday Clock. Very much zeroed in on the events of Doomsday Clock. And with this, now we're broadening up to all comic book movies, all comic book television shows, and see who really had a fantastic first impression. Um, did you want to go first, sir? uh now I also got while you're while you're looking through your uh through your list and looking through your notes, I'll go ahead and I'll tell the people that um when we were talking about this, one of the things that we were discussing was there had to be some rules. Right? oh no,
1: yes, we gotta talk about the guidelines, guidelines. Where, how are they gonna understand why we picked who we picked definitely uh
0: we have to talk about the guidelines now um it's funny because these guidelines changed as we as we were talking. like as we were talking because we were it, figuring right? out a
1: way to like you know like really tweak. All the areas. And and make
0: it fair. So, um, initially, one of the rules was that the, the person in question who made the first impression, the movie can't be about them. But we came out with another rule that said... That if the movie is about the person making the first impression, the first time we see them has to be suited up.
1: Oh yeah, it has to be a pre-established character. No origin stories are allowed in these in the making of the list.
0: Yes, because if you have to go through the origin, the trauma, the building of the suit, and then the putting on of the suit... I feel like you've gotten various first impressions. By that point on that you're road. really you're, you know getting, you're getting
1: two different first impressions. You're getting yeah. the Tony Stark and then the Iron Oh, well they're both basically the same thing, but you know what yeah. I mean. Like yes. you're getting two different characters right. in a sense, even if it's the same person.
0: But Ahsoka didn't have, besides, you know, the animated television adaptations of her, she didn't have anything live action to go on. Nothing live action to go on in the live action universe of Star Wars. So in this instant, she had to make a name for herself. She had to impress people. So that we're trying to take that as a rubric and putting it on the rest of what we know. Especially if you break know. your
1: yeah. fan base in half and think half of the fan base definitely watched the Clone Wars and Rebels. Definitely knows this character has a, like Yogi. Then you have the other half who hasn't watched it. Either they don't want to watch it or haven't watched it yet. Like me, who just started Clone Wars because it's like, I want to get into it now. Yeah. So yes. we have you know, we have to think about how like half the fan base has, has knows this character, half the fan base doesn't know this character.
0: Yes. And I also just thought of one. Uh th- I think this is gonna be a fun list, because I know we have some that are hardcore. We'll have some that we'll debate about. <laughs> and uh and yeah, I'm down I'm down for all of that. Uh do you have one already, sir?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so number one off the top of my head, when we went now, when you say number one, this was the first one you came up with, or you the first one that came the best? Oh, uh, if we're going by rank, rankings... I didn't rank mine to be fair. Yeah, not, I didn't rank mine either. <laughs> okay, so I'm not. Just making sure <laughs> they they are all categorized to me as one of the best. There is I'm not gonna rank any of these, but I'm gonna go by how they came in my head. Yeah, the first one that definitely popped in my head when we were making this decision to cover this episode was Nightcrawler, X Men United, Ugh. because. You, you, all you get is just the classic Xavier. No, no, I don't even think it was Xavier even narrating this one, or was it Jean Grey? No, Jean Grey did the end. So you get yeah. the you get the classic open of Xavier narrating the whole bit, and then you get the White House, and the White House is under attack. You know, you hear is poof, 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 poof everywhere, people screaming, guns ablazing. We see
0: somebody in a classic, uh, what would become come to be the classic MCU disguise, right? Because I think Nightcrawler comes in wearing a ball cap and sunglasses and sunglasses. sunglasses. <laughs> and sunglasses. Uh, gets through a lot of security. Gets pretty close. Gets through a
1: whole lot of security for wearing sunglasses and a hat in the White House. And then, like you said, to an entire
0: fan. Uh, and sorry, to an entire fan base that hadn't seen him yet in live action. You know, Nightcrawler. I think is one of the coolest designs of a character.
1: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent.
0: And I think that's why he stood the test of time. I think the the meek, religious <laughs> German uh, acrobat is a very niche character, a very niche character, but um, it works in comics, and I thought Alan Cummings did a great job playing him. The, the, oh, he the...
1: he captured the pacifist Christianity of Kurt Wagner, like... But also, in this instance, we're seeing what would happen if if
0: they took the leash off of somebody like
1: Nightcrawler, right? And you have that operatic score just going crazy. It's the most... It, it is the most badass moment of that film to me. Like, that yeah. ranks... Yeah, I love... The attack on, on the Xavier Mansion. Love it. But this here, it told you. We are setting the stage for what this movie is going to be. You had a problem with X-Men. It was too wonky. It was too... The, the color scale was too gray for you. You didn't like it. We're going to set the stage by opening up with a big action sequence and introducing Nightcrawler.
0: It's also an incredibly big moment because up... I say up until that point, the narrative of that film is that... Uh, mutants are out of control and need to be put down. Now, that was a narrative that's always in X-Men. It was also in X-Men, uh, the first one. But what's interesting about that is that um, in the first film, they, Senator Kelly says, what's stopping these people from going up to the White House or anyone's houses? And then we literally have that happen.
1: We first see, scene of the First scene of the next movie.
0: And we're shown how ineffective the human race would be.
1: If, if one like man that, yeah, one man with, with the just right the power right to powers, teleport
0: and have acrobatic abilities. Like one man with the right powers and the right training, uh can can literally make confetti out of um the toughest military, you know, uh force in the world. is like, the th- secret are, service. That's what I'm saying. And he got incredibly close to killing the president. Uh he was gonna stab him with a knife, I believe.
1: A letter opener. A letter opener. He his tail grabbed the letter opener from on top of like a stack of And then he gets shot at, right? And then that's when he, he gets shot, I think. And like the neck or the shoulder and then teleports cuz i remember storm like brings it up to him he's like i don't remember yeah, yeah, how yeah. he's like this one i got shot this i don't remember this
0: <laughs>
1: oh that's terrible yeah
0: that's that's pretty that's pretty good i like that there nightcrawler yeah, nightcrawler is definitely going to go down in some sort of history as i go having one of the best um introductions of all time uh, for mine, I'm gonna go with. I, I, matter of fact, I'll take your. I take your Nightcrawler, and I'll raise you another X Men origin. Uh, that or not origin debut that was good in a terrible movie.
1: Oh, I know where you're going with this one. I'm going with Gambit, bro. I actually didn't know where you were going this. I thought you were going to go with Magneto. Nope, I'm going in with Gambit and X-Men you know, Origins Wolverine you know, in a maligned in such a maligned film. That is one of the characters that I go back to the most. Yeah, I think it was the closest we got to the Cajun sensation, like Remy LeBeau,
0: right there. Uh, we're giving that we're given the idea that there's one man who has just escaped. Um, you know, Striker Island, and he knows how to get back there. And I know he got was like, what?
1: Cards? He's like, he, he, he hustled the guards and cards? That's why he
0: got called Gambit, because he kept taking uh, the guards' money in poker, in poker games. Um, and so he stood there for two years in this weird mutant prison, and then he was able to escape. And he's keeping a low profile. He's just chilling in New Orleans. He's always been a Cajun, a Cajun hero. And so he's sitting there uh, playing, and Wolverine comes up to him, asks him, you know, are you Gambit? He's like, who's asking? they kind of get into it and when he realizes that logan knows about striker and striker island he thinks that logan's there to take him back so he says screw this does his little card trick and just starts shooting these cards with kinetic energy at him and as soon as logan gets busted through the wall of this gambling establishment he comes in already with the stick so like i was like oh this i kind of i'm with this you know he's doing the kinetic card stuff
1: um, and the, and the editing behind how the cards looked with his fingertips turning red. Yeah. It as looked as like so and good. And it, at the end of the day, his outfit's really not that hard to really do. His costume's not no, that hard. No.
0: But the, I'm glad that they also didn't do that weird head
1: thing. Oh, he the, the, the head thing. That yeah. only his face out. Yeah, that's. The jean gray. <laughs> yeah, the whole, the, the yeah, the jean gray thing. And his hair was pretty much longer than it was in the, at least in the 90s yeah. one. The 90s and ones, he's also
0: grown his hair, like, and there's various different uh, hair lengths of Gambit, depending on, um, you know.
1: I always go back to my favorite, Gambit is one of my favorite X-Men. Definitely top five for me because of the X-Men cartoon.
0: And he's been, like, said, like, he's been on, like, ice for a while because they kept talking about a movie being made, you know. Uh, yeah, Channing, Channing Tatum. Tatum,
1: Jesus Christ. Uh,
0: and, yeah, they, uh, I don't know what's going on with it, but that's Taylor Kitsch. As a Gambit in Xbox. Yeah, Origins my man was in Wolverine. Savages.
1: That's where I found him. And you know, it's funny. This is actually the perfect freaking segue. Because Taylor Kish was in the movie called Savages with another man called Aaron, Aaron Johnson. Okay. And Aaron Johnson, who I'm not going to be talking about right now, <laughs> had a little movie called Kick-Ass. He did. And I'm going to bring in Hit-Girl as yeah. m- one of my favorite. I think it's, it is one of the best debuts of a character. Because from then and there... She's already an established badass. You don't. This is the kind of character where you don't need lore for her. Right. You you right. don't need lore. She's a she's a twelve year old girl that kicks ass. How much more lore do you need? So when you first meet her, instantly she's being capped in the chest with a nice Desert Eagle by good old Big Papa or Big Daddy. And you also daddy.
0: still in that moment don't really understand what's going on.
1: Oh no, you're just like yo, this little girl just got shot in the chest. Weird family
0: that is obsessing about guns and knives. And at the time, she got a lot of flack for saying cunt. She was out no, there she was all cunt. Yeah, litty. she was saying cunt. And she was day. about eight, Chloe, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz.
1: I'd say anywhere from like eight to 12-ish. I think she was younger than 12. I'm gonna have to look this up because yeah, do that math while I, I expouse because
0: I put this moment, that moment, that hit girl coming in on the drug dealer's house. I put that oh, yeah. in as one of the top uh, comic book movie moments of all time. Uh, and the reason why I keep no disagreements going to it, there. the reason why I keep going to that moment, is because I think that that's one of the moments, like in many moments in comic, the actual comic books, that you you could describe, but you have to see it. You have to see it to have a little, uh, a little, I, I, you know, to have a young woman, uh, you know, a young hero, and then a young woman. She was thirteen. She was
1: thirteen because it came out ten years ago. Was oh, she playing a thirteen-year-old? I, I think that's so. a whole other. Yeah, that's a whole, that's nother whole conversation. other bag of tricks. Um, but yeah, you. This
0: is I. I point to the Hit Girl scene to uh explain what, how, and why we can have a Damian Wayne in comics, um uh it it, she's so unassuming she's so young and then when she comes through and is able to disable disarm dismember various members of this weird drug uh you know drug dealer home the drug den it's incredible it's incredible and um it really sets the standard for that character uh you you're following um, Aaron Johnson? Is that what you said his name was?
1: Uh, it's uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Taylor so you're following.
0: Johnson. So you're following. Uh, I don't know. No, no, it you, is, it is Aaron Johnson.
1: Uh, no, it is. Wow, it's Aaron Perry Taylor Johnson, and he That's just cut it much. back. You just cut it straight to Aaron Johnson. I'm going with AJ. So with AJ. <laughs>
0: so as we're following Mr. Johnson through this film, uh, one of the things that they make it a point to show us, and this is also in the book, is that he's in way over his head. He doesn't know what any of this stuff is. He's ordering his stuff from like scuba. Scuba places like he's ordering
1: his suit, which is also kind of funny because that Spider Man, an amazing Spider Man from 2012, was literally got his suit from bobsledding, yeah, yeah, and aviators. So it's that's hilarious. So,
0: uh, he's in way over his head and he is not prepared for any of this. But then you see Hit Girl, like he kind of seems like he knows what he's doing. And then when Hit Girl shows up, it's way obvious that he has no idea,
1: and he and she's legit killing people. Yeah.
0: Taking arms? That's what I'm saying. It's taken, taking it's taken to a new level. Like uh, I think kick ass, one of the one of the benefits of kick ass that I think gets ruined with kick ass too, is showing that there are consequences to this. Oh, you wanna be a hero? That's really fancy, but you can end up in a drug den dead. Just dead because you try to do a nice thing. Um and to fight the monsters of the world, sometimes you gotta be a monster. And we saw what happened with the littlest monster when she came through. With that, she had like a stick with like a knife. <laughs> it was like to it was like a, it.
1: Th- those detachable bow staffs, but it yeah. had knives on each end. Oh my so god! And straight lethal, like a like a
0: cheese grater, just going through and killing all these grown men, and like and like quipping and like laughing and like to- being totally down with it. Uh, definitely a hell of a debut, and it definitely set the ground for all that kind of stuff there. Um, so we're in a rough. Spot with this country, right <laughs> I think we're getting into a better place overall. Uh, we got new leadership quote unquote since as as we get the older leadership out um but let let us be reminded that it could always fall further and it could always fall deeper. I know a story of a time where you know just like now a weird random virus broke out and it broke out and the people needed something to believe in so they just they believed all in their political parties. Those people created a cure, and then next thing you know, they created curfews, and they created cops, and they created all this, uh, you know, bureaucracy. They became a police state, and the people were really willing to give away all their freedoms so long as they had a cure and so long as they felt they felt safe. There was one man that didn't want to do with any of this stuff, and I'm talking about the debut of my man V,
1: in V for Vendetta. You know what's so crazy? I took that off my list. To make yeah. room for others. <laughs> I was, he was... Last night... He was on my rough job. I had like... 15... Right. People... And he was up there... Because it was... It was just too perfect. Wait. He saves Natalie Portman... His whole V the, speech? November... November... The 5th of November... And my
0: so, Foolish Self... The last... where well, we covered VIFA Vendetta... I did that whole V speech... Which is incredibly hard. Halfway through... I'm just like... <laughs> but... He's like... Dangerous... But like... There's pageantry... There's a level of, like, classiness to So much to him, bravado but from also, him, like... But also myster- mystery. Because he's saying all these things that he's saying behind a mask that smiles. And so there's no way to tell, who you know, what he's actually thinking, what he actually means. And in this moment, she, he saves Evie from being raped, Natalie Portman's character, from being raped uh, by a bunch of cops. But also, I think, kills one of the cops. So it's also like, thank you for saving me. Oh, you're a murderer, too. <laughs> you're just a murderer of bad people. After reading Alan Moore's work, after, you know, reviewing it on this cast and then going back again and watching it, um it's it's right out of the comic, so maybe people would not want to give it credit, but man,
1: um oh, but the comic is even phenomenal too. The artwork in the comic yeah. is amazing. But sometimes people say that that's basic because that's basically a storyboard,
0: you don't get credit for adapting straight from the comic. You understand know what I'm saying? Like you didn't come no, I, if, I if you shot a saying. shot for shot of the panels, <laughs> then you didn't really do anything. <laughs> they they well, provide Well, they just you the gotta storyboard. give us some
1: shots every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, like I saw my iconic shots. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, man, uh, Hugo weaving, amazing. V for Vendetta, gotta go with my boy V. That big V speech, and then he brings old girl to go watch the fireworks. Uh, can you hear that? It's music, and then he starts playing the music and blowing up the old Bailey. So I'm going with my boy V. Uh, in Beef of
1: Vendetta. Speaking of shot for shots from the panel, speaking of just basically pulling storyboards and not getting any credit. And speaking I'm gonna of give...
0: bastardizing Alan Moore, I'm guessing. Oh I god damn you, I, I don't know where you're going with this one. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm going I not working we've been working together
1: for Too a while, long. Man. It's yeah. been too long. Oh, it's been oh, so long. Man. Oh, Steve. Yes, one of the best introductions to a character ever. And to me, the reason why is because I didn't know anything about this fucking property until I fell so in love with this movie, and I got to give it up for Rorschach. Yeah. Nothing yeah. gets me better than seeing a blood-stained pin, smiley pit face pin on the desolate New York Street, and a man in uh, spotless gloves and boots talking about all the horrors and the politicians looking up and asked to be saved. I love when he first jumped, perched right onto that broken window in the comedian's apartment. And he's just looking around, and the camera just goes up close. And you see his mask moving. It was just so perfect. And Jackie or Harley, it was amazing to me. I, I know some people's uh, issues with him was he was too short to play Rorschach. Rorschach was taller. I don't
0: think short Rorschach was ever like physically intimidating, though. I think it actually helps that he's not...
1: Thing was is they also dropped it in the. Huge. Oh no no no! I think my friend name. One of my friends' problem was Jackie O. Harley was too tall. Oh, not okay. sure. Not I think sure, it was. No. I think it was. I think he was too tall. Okay. But in my head, I'm like, you could just if you know the comic, which he does and owns it, then you know that when he was apprehended by the police, that he was found with three inch lifters in his, in his boots. Yeah. He Rorschach's actually like five. Yeah, he's, like five. He's five. trying to comp- compensate as well. So you could just think that when Jack... And you could also use camera magic to just make him look short. But yes, I I have to give it up for him. I was going to give it to Dr. Manhattan. And I truly, truly wanted to. And the tattoo on my forearm is crying at me that I didn't give it up to Dr. Manhattan. But I really... I want to be able to not pull too many characters from one movie. Because then what's the point of first impression. I should just say that Watchmen gave me the best first impressions if that's the case, you know. So, right, right, right. So Rorsch- Rorschach's in Doctor Manhattan. Sorry, Osterman, you're out. You're right. Things do end. And
0: I think, uh, so let me talk a little bit about Rorschach. When I think of that opening scene and I think of Rorschach and all his um, monologue, or whatever, the image that always comes to my mind is him perched on the broken window. Like this grown man in an overcoat Per- like kneeling, perched. He's on. He's got a fedora he's, hat. He's standing on the sill, and he's just perched, looking around like a like a weird vulture or something. Like a, like like he's surveying the whole area. And the voice, like you read that comic, and you have your own voice of what Rorschach sounds like. Uh, some of the times the inking and the lettering make, you know, alludes to it being a little bit more gravelly. The broken sentences
1: allow you it's to the, believe. It's that, the broken sentence yeah. that makes me think that he talks like this. Right. Like, I didn't think like, you know, bat, like Christopher Nolan, like, like Christian Bale Batman. But yeah, it was still it was it was perfect.
0: Yeah. And so to have him have him have the voice that he did. And then, yeah, just a complete disdain for everyone, which was, you know, that's straight out of the comic. I think they did that character a tremendous amount of justice, uh, bringing him into the fold and, and just putting him on the screen because that's a, that's a thing that some people are going to have an issue with. They're going to want to see how your Rorschach is. Same and way if anybody was Dr. the Manhattan
1: easiest to adapt, it was Rorschach in Manhattan. Those two yeah. were the easiest. All you needed was to just adapt Moore's writing. Forget Dryberg. Forget Laurie. Forget all of their – you could – write. Good Snyder. Do your own thing. Write however you want. But just take Rorschach and, and Doctor Manhattan's dialogue straight from the comics, which is what he did basically,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you you can't go wrong. No, you you can't it. you can't fail, and I think those two characters were not fails.
0: I'm going to go with a like a kind of a surprise, uh, kind of a sleeper version of this, if you will. Um, we were shown uh we Deadpool the first version of Deadpool is great and I'll trust me I'll go back and talk about that because I'm going to but um we got a sequel and in, in getting a sequel sometimes we wonder whether or not that that they're able to uh, give a certain oh, character I think I know where you're gonna will. go with this by the way did you have Deadpool 2 at, at all on your list
1: I had Cable in the in the drafts like while I was going through Cable was a big one for me but I did the my first impression of Cable if I was to be real honest was just him in the cloak yeah well he does
0: doesn't he kill those hillbillies or whatever
1: no I think he just steals their he does something very uh, (laughs) Terminator-esque he steals their beer and steals their truck and stuff
0: I do think Josh Brolin did a great job Alan Tudyk by the way
1: uh, just to let you know I think it was Alan
0: Tudyk and some other it wasn't like Matt Damon or something like that it was somebody of of note uh, was the other hillbilly Um, but I do think Cable deserves to be on there he's not as big as some of the other cables that we've seen in comic books like not as bulky but I do think Josh Brolin does a good job. I was actually going with the sleeper hit of Juggernaut.
1: I thought you were going to go Domino, honestly. No,
0: Juggernaut, man. Juggernaut. After getting the Juggernaut that we got in X-Men 3.
1: Vinnie Jones, though. You can't go wrong with Vinny Jones.
0: I mean, I'm not going to say there was no hints. Because it, I'm pretty sure there's a YouTube video, you know, digging up Easter eggs. But I had no inclination that Juggernaut was going to be in this film. So... When they, oh, I, they Deadpool keep, too? Yeah, they keep alluding oh, to Oh, I had
1: I we were sitting in theaters together. I yeah. had no freaking clue that this was going down like this.
0: They keep alluding to um that that, that there is this big inmate, you know, that, that is like super, you know, um dangerous and kept under lock and key, but you don't really know who he is. And then you have the big vehicle crash, the big caravan crash, um, and then he literally just like steps out of it. He, he rips open the vehicle and steps out, and it's just this humongous man. And then you see the 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 shell of his helmet, and you're like, "Is that Juggernaut?" And as you're saying it, Deadpool's marking out about it. Deadpool's sitting there, going, "Oh my god, Juggernaut!" Is Introduced in X Men One
1: Forty Something or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I loved like...
0: you in, in this comic and that comic, and then come and then he's like sitting there, he's fanboying. And then Juggernaut says, oh, well, yeah, well, I'm going to rip you in half now.
1: And just rips him in half? No, so matter of factly, like, too, just walking up to him, like, yeah, I'm going to rip you in half. Just rips him in half and then goes on to
0: have, a, a you know, a, a pretty entertaining fight with Colossus. But, like, if that character's not dead, which I don't think he is, like, they they can totally bring back that version of that character. That is the movie version of Juggernaut. I don't want to hear nothing about Vinny Jones. Vinnie Jones, I love you. I love you, Vinnie Jones. Just not in this instance. So uh, I'm, I'm putting Juggernaut out of Speaking of
1: Deadpool movies, I, I, I have to do it. I have to do it because I've read a lot of X-Men comics in my days. I've read a lot of X-Men characters in my days. And I have my versions of what they're supposed to be from the people that have given us them. People that I trust. Hickman. Guys oh, like him. Right. So the best impression that deadpool number one could have given me was goddamn colossus and colossus is one of the best first impressions not X excel you want to go if we're gonna scrap him like that yeah I mean, the, the x2 didn't, didn't even give me anything all you did was get his power up that's it you got nothing maybe what one line i can help you or some crap like that nah the colossus we got plus he was suited up the entire movie you never Colossus, saw yeah. you never saw his normal skin in Deadpool. Right. He's in, he's introduced, he's trying to offer a protein bar to Negasonic. He's eating a bowl of cereal and he's already he already knows who Deadpool is, establishing that the X-Men have been trying to recruit him or save him, quote unquote, for a year now. Yeah.
0: Does he so, show up with Negasonic? Isn't that the whole He
1: shows thing? up with Negasonic Teenage Warhead, but the whole thing about it is that Deadpool and Colossus when they fir- when the audience first meets Deadpool and Colossus meeting together for the mm-hmm. first time, mm-hmm. they already have a, a pre-established history.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That movie did an amazing but it also, job in with that. that I,
0: if I don't... If I can remember correctly, um, they, when they first introduced Colossus, he's also being, like, very parental to Negatonic Teenage Warhead, which is something that we were gonna get from that character moving forward. Like, they were informing us on how he thinks. Like, he was still like, you know, did you eat breakfast today? You know? And, and like... Uh, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and yeah, we go. Oh, oh wait, you know, um, he is in many ways Colossus a big softy, so they found a way to 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 generate that. They found the way to um to make that possible.
1: And after reading Claremont's God and hey, God Loves Man Kills, I can so see the parental big brother figure in Colossus from that Deadpool interpretation.
0: Yeah, yeah, so he,
1: definitely big on him um, for me. He's
0: definitely yeah, like I said, he's a he's a big he's a big softy. um i have a controversial one up next and by the way i've also realized that we have not been doing a lot of dc um choices but Uh, 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 it's a little bit dry but i'm gonna go with wait i think i just had mine and i just lost mine oh yes 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 it's my controversial pick uh, and I, you know, I have the time to debate it if you want, but I, it's hard to argue about the first impression that we get uh, of the Mandarin. The first impression, the first impression of the Mandarin is quite impressive.
1: You uh, know, controversial or not, because of who he ends up turning out to be. Right. I'll have to agree with you, especially the way the trailer built him up. Yeah. You'll yeah. never see us coming and all that. Right. It's it's it was it was too good.
0: And even, you know, even with the ending, ultimately he gets written off as somebody that was used to create propaganda. But ultimately, the propaganda that was created with him is incredibly effective. That shit is scary. That shit is haunting. That the imagery of children running up to him as he opens his hands and he has the ten rings there. Him telling stories about like, oh, you remember when uh, the pilgrims made sure that the Indians weren't around and then went and killed all their Family members and all that kind of stuff. Oh well, that just also so happened when we bombed the, uh, you know, the, the army base because the troops were gone, the Braves were away, and I'm like, this guy's out of control. And then all of it, what is it? Uh, uh, you don't know who I am. You don't know, you know, what I'm doing or whatever, and you'll never see me coming. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> that, was, that was, line no. I was delivering for years. It's still one of my my best. Uh, like I, I just love the choice he made in delivering that line. That
1: was, and 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 Ben and Kingsley is a testament to acting. He is, he's the man. So, oh man, I oh, can't. there's a part where he ramps up, and he's like, "No
0: one, no one, not even your red, white, and blue attack dog can come and save you now from what's what's about to come." And, and you like, see him
1: on a TV screen for half of the movie until you finally get him. His
0: little, his little glasses, little John Lennon glasses. He looked and like he, a had he had the hair. He like
1: had the hair. Like all the
0: all the terrible, horrible imagery that we have seen, you know. 9/11 forward, where we're dealing with these these terrorist groups like Al Qaeda, or ISIS. Um, we were we were primed for that. We were primed to get a villain. Especially that this
1: was what 2013.
0: Th- yeah, we were, we were primed. We for, just finished the Iraq War for like the last I like how long? Came back home in 2012.
1: Yeah, so there yeah, you go. So like, you're only a year removed from, from seeing this imagery. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, that,
0: no. That Mandarin was really...
1: I can... Under, I can... I can. I won't debate you on that. I can understand from someone that literally is only a year removed yeah. from this real-life imagery for it to just be... <laughs> right, throw, kind of thrown into your face, escapism.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Because that's what comics and comic books are.
0: And they did a whole thing where they put somebody on their knees and shot him in the back of the head. Like, they did... Remember, they... I don't know if they actually killed that guy. I think it might have been all for a stunt, but... They had did a thing where they're like, you know, uh, if the president doesn't call, remember, if the president doesn't call in a certain amount of time, then this person's gonna die. And the president's like, we, we don't um, negotiate with terrorists. And wasn't it like it wasn't live feeded? Shot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was a live feed of an execution, which is very
1: real. Of what that's we've very, seen very,
0: very real. So even though, even though he doesn't, he ends up being a paper tiger of sorts. I think that the Mandarin's introduction. Is 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 something that's going to be hard to top. I know the Mandarin is set to re debut. No, yeah, didn't they try
1: course correcting in a Marvel one shot where it turns out he was actually the Mandarin the whole time and he had a plan. No, the the, I don't remember the
0: one shots. The one shots canonical recon is that the that while he is playing. A fake Mandarin. There is a real Mandarin. Oh, there is in the an world. actual real Mandarin in the world. real Mandarin in the world finds out that he's playing fake Mandarin and sends someone to his prison to kill him. Somebody that has tatted with the Ten Rings. So the real Mandarin is out and about in the world. And he's set to show up in Shang-Chi, um, which is a redemption for that character overall because a lot of people are not happy with the way Trevor was portrayed. But then you have this. Then you have this moment here. And it's very freaking obvious Uh, that this guy isn't no one to be, to mess with until he, you know, it's revealed that he, I guess you can mess with him, uh, to each his own. But yeah, man, uh, I think a lot of villains have pretty good, um, entry scenes, entry moments, I guess. Uh, or, uh, first impressions. But yeah, when I was thinking about mine, I was like, I can't say I didn't dig that, man. That's something I totally dug. So I'm putting old Mandarin on my list.
1: So I've seen every Avengers movie in theaters. Everyone. I I, I think I, I, I've missed a few MCU movies in theaters. I haven't watched. I don't think I saw any of the Iron Mans in theaters. I know I saw the last two Captain Americas in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw Guardians, the first one in theaters. Right. Now, I'm going to make a controversial pick. You're going to make a controversial pick? I'm going to make a controversial pick. Only because the movie is extremely controversial and the fact that I love it. Oh, dear. I love Age of Ultron, and no it. one yeah, can take that from me. And the reasons why I love Age of Ultron is besides the introduction. And in first, they're not on my list, but a little honorable mentions of Claw, Quicksilver, yeah, well, yeah. Scarlet Witch. Done, Ultron <laughs> done all perfectly. But yeah. to me, no first impression can top Vision. Because within four minutes, I just I just scrolled through the YouTube video right now while you were talking just to make sure that I'm not talking out my ass. Within under four minutes, you get Vision awoken, perched up on the on the table. Everybody surrounded around him. He makes clothes. He starts talking about how Ultron needs to be stopped. Picks up the damn hammer and hands it to Thor. They fight first. Uh, I, I think Thor throws Thor throws him, and he stops at the window, and everybody's like, you know, they're yeah, that's all,
0: when he gets his cape, and no, that's he, when he, he models the cape after Thor. He sees Thor's cape,
1: yeah, and he, and he molecular composites on Thor. own, Thor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They fight
0: him at first because you have to kind of see that he's not no one to be messed with, um, and within
1: four minutes you get the vision, yeah. the, the the vision that we that we fell in love with in Tom King's book. The Vision that has been in countless, countless of media. The avenging and, Android himself, bro. And from House of M to everything you can think of that this man has done and been in. I love Vision with all of my heart, and I, I, I knew we were getting Vision by the trailer because the shot, the last shot of the trailer is the eyes opening, mm. and you see the 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 Mind Stone right there. But that that doesn't just because you see it in the trailer doesn't mean they're going to get it right. And damn it, Paul Bettany putting Jarvis and Tonys and, and Ultron all into this one man. Android, in a sense. And, and then Paul Bettany gets to... Re- Not only does Paul Bettany literally been in the MCU since the beginning. But he gets to be in almost everything. No, I was going to add that. You know, the idea that he carried on.
0: He was the voice of Jarvis and that how that carries on into Vision. I think it's very... Um, it's very... It's very cool, you know, first and foremost. You know, that easter egg. But also, like, we're getting to Scarlet Witch now. Um, Scarlet, you know, WandaVision is around the corner. And as we get closer to that, you and you look through Vision, he's gotten more and more human. He's probably the most android right there and then when he first shows up. And, well, he um, was
1: only born just yesterday.
0: Right. Exactly. I love that
1: line. I love that line. Well, he
0: has so much poise, Vision. And Paul Bettany does, which allows you to believe that that man... Has that much restraint? I mean, Paul Bettany much... literally
1: walks around with with the with the John Lennon glasses and the the, <laughs> the shades are blue. So it's... I'm glad
0: he's now like he doesn't have to put on too
1: much makeup on occasion. They let him just kind of sort of uh, <laughs> put. On, I mean, put for on a regular for face. literally like four movies, I would say the first like yeah like the first three Avengers, the first three um, Ironmans, yeah, and then one and a half uh, Avengers. He's only voicing. Yeah, you never get to meet the actual. Butler driver Jarvis because Jarvis was his father's butler, not his or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that vision, that vision. Well, do you remember? What number that was for you? Um, I'm trying to look through my notes here. I got
1: how uh, many do you have left?
0: I know I did three for a fact. I'm gonna say four for a fact. I've done.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. I did. We I both did. Done I, four? four. Both done four. I had eleven on my list.
0: Okay. Um. So then I. Could... Okay. So I'm gonna go with my next one when we're talking about some debuts and we're talking about you know people you know really, really feeling like wow I, I got my, money's worth with this. They gave me something and they informed me with something. Uh, I'm gonna go DC. And I'm gonna go with the debut
1: of the Shazam family. Oh, man, yes. I'll, good, agree. Right? I'll agree with you on straight up on that because, one, you found a way to loophole the guidelines. Yes, I did. Because Shazam and- counts as, as in the Shazam family, so right. he, his his first but impression... But
0: his, his impression particularly is not the one I'm talking about, Last like you said, the loophole, is the families because, uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't think we were going to get the family. I had
1: no idea we were getting the family. I, I, had know, no idea. I knew
0: of the family. I am knowledgeable of the existence of the Shazam slash Captain Marvel family. Um, but I didn't think we were gonna get it. I thought it would be a bit ambitious. Like we're trying to nail down Billy Batson, so let's get this right before we do all the other stuff. And um, they didn't have patience, but it ends up serving them well because you end up seeing the entire family not only use their you know various amount of powers, but those outfits were awesome.
1: And they um, gave us they gave us Adam Brody and and Megan, uh, Good. Megan Good. Yeah. They. they that's a thank that, you for me. To, to me personally, that I loves movies. That's a thank you for me for those two actors and, and yeah, actresses. That
0: that there's so much classic, um, you know, down down to earth, homey feelings from the Shazam, from Shazam content because that that character is so old. That he, he does, while he doesn't necessarily talk and espouse the very old fashioned stuff that Superman does, he does still come from that time, and so the Shazam books and the Shazam stories will always come around this idea of family and and community and um, you know all the stuff about Billy not wanting a family and going out of his way to not have one and then to share this power amongst everyone and this all be their little secret like I would love the next Shazam that's about to come out you know like well, well how do they deal with that you know does Billy does Billy have um, authority over when they get to do it, you know, like, is it what, become a thing like that'd that? Be, that'd
1: be, be really not, like a really like like a own little Avengers, but they're they're actually family with the same sort of powers in a sense,
0: right? And if if uh you know if that uh, what's his what's Freddie? Yes, if Freddie Freeman decides that he wants to go and use his powers to impress a girl at high school, can Shazam tell him not to? They're the same age. That's what I'm saying. Like, who gets to pick and choose when people get to do things? So that would be very interesting. Um, and, and it's Freddy. Freddy, that's the character, right? Freddy is the one who knew about the superpowers. Freddy was the one who helped his aunt figure out what his superpowers were. He's the one knowledgeable
1: the most. Oh, that kid was that kid general. was probably the greatest Ned since yeah. Ned. Like that kid and, was amazing. And he
0: was dealing with the actual physical ailment that, besides the probability of being a superhero, is is very low. But then you add in this physical ailment, he's gonna be. And on it's the like bench. he literally can't yeah, even. Yeah, right. But then in this moment, he is. In this moment, we debut to do of the is Shazam, Shazam family. Yeah, we get, uh, we get them all together, and so yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna round out the bottom of my list,
1: uh, the Shazam fan. Yeah, that should be because I have, let me see, two, four, yeah, five left. All right, well, one more thing on the Shazam thing for a second. If it wasn't because I, I personally loved the Shazam movie, it's in my top three of the DCE. It was probably my top five DC movies of all time. But yeah, if it wasn't for how much I loved. That Shazam movie and how much that family like sold me on the idea of a Shazam family, I don't know if I would have enjoyed those little epilogues in Jeff Johns' Fifty Two Justice League, because okay. like when you get to the back of like once you're done with like reading Justice League every issue, there's literally an epilogue where you go through like literally the, the movie's whole origin. Like you meet yeah you meet Billy Batson, you you meet the well, I think the, the main
0: difference there is uh, Black Adam is in that because in this is Savannah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you get, you, it's almost the same. It's set around Christmas time, the same.
1: Um, And those guys, the Garcia family
0: or Gonzalez family, what are they? I can't remember exactly the name of the family, but I can figure that out. Um, but yeah, they, they're like, like everyone's always harps on like, um, adopted family, mixed family, stuff like that. Um, what's the one, that movie, Mark Wahlberg, something family. Four
1: brothers. No, no, no. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. Oops. I That that was the first one
0: that you thought of. Um, (laughs) There's a movie where him and like it's a family, like it's him and his kid, uh, and he marries into a family where
1: instant uh, family,
0: I think it's called. Something I, like it that. is
1: instant family. I think it's what Rose Byrne, or? I think
0: so. It's the idea that you know the families that we make are just as valuable. Vi- vi- they were the viable. Vasquez's,
1: okay. The Vasquez's, cause I really love that family. I, I felt like they were natural, like a uh, foster family. Like, you know, they didn't want to get too close, whereas like you know, they pushed them away, but they were still being as loving and open and yeah. understanding. As I'm saying,
0: we're shown in many ways, like the evil stepmother, right? And the evil stepsisters in, 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 uh, in fairy tales and stuff like that. But we're living in a world where more and more children are, you know, being raised by people that are not necessarily their parents. And how do they square that away with what they think or what they're being told is the right way to live, which is you you're born and your parents love you forever. And then it is what it is. Well, some of these kids are being raised by their aunts. some of them are being raised in the foster system some of them are being adopted and being raised by adopted families and have to learn how to how to get there Shazam speaks to a different child you know yes. uh, he speaks to a child that doesn't that doesn't have everything you know and i think that showing and spotlighting the vasquezes as like literally salt of the earth people right like literally saints who have all these children and love them all equally, are helping Mary get to college. You understand? And uh, talking about her exams and all that kind of stuff. Like, they, they're they so loving. They're so genuine. I love that portrayal in the comics, and I love the portrayal um, in the film. Uh,
1: stick sticking to DC for a moment. I think my next two picks, I'm going to stick to DC. I'm going to keep the little trend going.
0: I have exactly, without spoilers, I think I have exactly one DC
1: left. One DC left? All right, so perfect, so perfect. So for me... I think one of the best, just all around, it, it can go first impression, it can go debut, because technically it is both, but the all around best first impression to me from DC's end of the DCEU in a sense, is Wonder Woman from BVS. Okay. That, her score, that, that guitar score is amazing. Yeah. Just the, the way that she carries herself as Diana Prince before you finally get to see her in her full glory. And she doesn't get that much screen time as Diana Prince anyways. No. So it's not like you're getting Wonder Woman. The first person woman.
0: from there, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's not like you're getting Wonder Woman the entire for the start to the finish. If you're not
0: knowledgeable, you might not even know what the hell's going on. You might be like, I don't understand why this woman, why he's
1: following her. Yeah, and I don't know, think you even get her stuff. name until like a little bit in. Like of, yeah. her, of right, meeting right, her. So right. she's just this mysterious woman that's following him and he's following her. Yeah. And and then when she, she comes right. out in her Wonder Woman getup. Full glory, breaking whatever I can't remember what she did, but she had the sword and the shield. Well, she she shows up and she holds the shield up because they're being a, they're being attacked by Doomsday.
0: So the shield comes up, hits it hits the shield, then she lowers the shield and the reveal of her face. <laughs> the reveal of her face, then the classic line, um, "Is she with you?" I thought she was with you, and then she spends the rest of the time seemingly having fun attacking this big dangerous monster
1: and so uh, gleeful about it. And Gail Gadot is just so. Perfect, because when I hear her voice, I hear Justice League War, Diana Prince. Yeah. I hear She sounds the, exotic. She sounds, yeah. And so, she sounds so full of life, because to her, this is a new world. It's a fish out of water. It's definitely a better fish out of water than the ones I've seen. <coughs> Thor. And definitely one of the best first impressions. <laughs> you are getting
0: crazy. Um, <laughs> definitely one of the first impressions. I'm going to keep my DC on lock. I'm going to... So now I'm going to get romantic, Dan, if you don't, if you don't uh, mind. And when I'm saying romantic, I don't mean romantic with my pick. I mean I'm going to espouse, I'm going to wax poetically about my last five, if you don't mind. I'm going to start with the shortest uh, thing I got. So think about it, right? We're thrust in, into a scene mid-action, right? Uh, frozen in time. A precarious highway scene, if you will. The camera pans around showing carnage of bullets and broken glass and fire and and just chains and then all kinds of just destruction. And as our peer view tries to take in all the carnage, we see that right there at the center of it with his jock right in our faces is Deadpool. I got to go with the Honest Trailer-esque Opener of Deadpool as an introduction to that character. First of all, just call me Angel playing in the beginning. Set the that sets that's one hundred percent sets the tone. That sets the tone. But then all the honest trailer esque credits of like you know a hat director, CGI, you know all that kind of stuff. The Green Lantern dig, um, the incredibly detailed slow motion model that they've made where it spins on an axis, and we're seeing you know we're seeing we're traveling with bullets and all that kind of stuff. Um, The title card of Deadpool is a piece of paper of Deadpool drawing that he drew of him cutting off... uh, Francis's eyes. Oh, no, head, yeah. uh, It says Francis, though. It says Francis. uh, His eyes, and um, it says Deadpool in crayon. And then then if you want to even go a little bit further to that, then you jump to the shoop. And him sitting on top of the thing going, hey, hey, guys, you know, my name's Deadpool and all that. And the first like, person
1: he brings up, Wolverine.
0: This is also like parts of this where the parts that that kind of sort of leaked, you know, uh, about before this movie was even made, this scene was heavily already thought of, this highway scene. And it's one of the scenes that we were told was leaked mysteriously mm-hmm. to Fox or leaked online. And then this is what garnered all the, you know, fandom for greenlit, it greenlit
1: that, a whole right. petition.
0: And, it, and it's because in that instance, if you saw nothing else, if someone just showed you that highway scene in a trailer, you would buy, you would go see this film because it is 100% Deadpool. If you know it's Deadpool, you'd be happy about how much Deadpool it is. But if even you don't know who trailer, Deadpool is, then you'll be educated by it. and, and Even in the
1: trailer, he looks at the screen and says, cue the trailer music and yeah. they play X, gone give it to you. Yeah. yeah. He literally, cue the trailer music. Like it's. So all, all, God damn!
0: It. right there they had to the film
1: beginning. that See, they literally had to film Deadpool saying, cue the trailer music for a split second, and it it works it oh man, that' was a great first impression right there yeah man
0: right there in the beginning, already breaking the fourth wall with the with the actual credits, you know what's actually being written, so he's breaking the fourth wall, he's already making you laugh, he hasn't said a single thing yet, then you're looking at the at the carnage around you you're like, wow, this is r rated, like this is gonna get you know. There's a guy who gets flipped into a sign and literally just becomes like Mush. a wet noodle when you squish when you throw a wet noodle against the wall. Like
1: I, Sticks a car lighter in a guy's mouth and says, I never say this, but don't swallow. Right,
0: right. All of that stuff, bro. It, it it makes that movie. If that movie would have had any less of a jumping off point in the beginning, I wonder if it would have done as well nope, as Nope, not at all. I think that it literally grabs you up instantly. And then you also have that moment. I went twice with females to watch this film, two different girls? Um, I probably shouldn't have said that. But, um, (laughs) but, (laughs) that was, that was my first impression. (laughs) So, um, but, uh, you have that moment where he stabs the guy and then it freezes and he's like, I know your girlfriend's like, I thought this was a superhero movie. He just stabbed that guy like a freaking shish kebab. So he like, he even knows that we're bringing people who don't necessarily know who he is to this film and it's so... Uh, not humanizing, but it's so um, it it does bring him down it's to refreshing. earth a bit. But it also brings him down to earth a bit. He does feel like somebody you can hang with, as opposed to this, you know, nebulous superhero character that's too good and too justicey or whatever. So that is
1: mine. Speaking of too good and oh, too no. justicey, oh no, this
0: right here is Silas Stone. Okay, no, go ahead, go ahead,
1: <laughs> go ahead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Ow, my rib! Oh, oh, so this list, besides Nightcrawler, if Nightcrawler was Nightcrawler would be one half of what inspired this list, but another half of what truly inspired me being able to make a list like this was the one that swept the leg from under me, even as a young child, and that is good old Batman from 1989, the Tim Burton Batman. Here's yeah. why: it follows the guidelines. It may be a movie about him, but he's already a pre-established hero. When the movie opens up, we're thinking we're getting an origin story. Oh no, here's a little boy, here's the two parents, we're going down Crime Alley, she's even got pearls. They set so much up for you to think that this was the origin of Bruce Wayne. Turns out, it's not. It was just two punk robbers, Mm -hmm. and they end up being on a roof. And then, what do you get Besides the dialogue of the guy worrying, like, you know, the the bat could be out. Eh, who cares about the bat? He's not real. <laughs> you know, it's very, very, very good writing. It's very, like, 1940s golden era comics. Like, like, just the way that the two were, like, one was being very scared about, the other guy was being nonchalant. was like, eh, what you worrying about? What you complaining for? Like, all that kind of stuff just set the stage. And then all of a sudden, big shadowy figure right there standing next to, like, the gargoyle over, over a rooftop when he picks up his wings when batman who hasn't been on tv or a movie since the 60s and we had the the, the uh, there's no good place to throw a bomb adam west
0: right right yeah. as our
1: batman when when that was our only batman by the way and
0: not to interrupt you too much but this is there's also a litany of people watching this film with their arms crossed already because they don't like michael keaton because they don't like the idea that michael keaton is playing batman so they're already watching this film. They're already like they're stomping their feet. Yeah, they're like, okay, wow well, me, wow well, me, yeah. I don't know. And then yeah.
1: And it's and it's the same. It, to me, it is on par because of the way the fans didn't want this person. And then the way that they just un drew, like, you know, undid everybody's doubt. Mm. It's on par with Joker's introduction in Dark Knight. Yeah. Because the first time we get a Batman in twenty something years is a Batman everybody already hates. And then when he picks up the cape and that big yellow and black symbol is right in the chest and he picks up the guy and he, and he was ready to like throw him off the roof. And then, had, oh, my God, oh, God, that is one of the not just bad. That's literally one of the greatest st- openers to a comic book movie. I, I'll say it straight up, That's one of the greatest openers <laughs> to any comic book movie. They swept the leg from under you, gave you a perfect Batman.
0: He also does that I'm I'm Batman.
1: (laughs) And he does it so perfectly, too. He grabs
0: his ass up and has him over the balcony. I'm Batman. And I heard that it was initially not supposed to be that. It was going to be like I'm vengeance or something like that. And he, Michael Keaton, chose to say I'm Batman. And now, you know.
1: Any of them would have worked for me because once you gave me that scene, the guy could have said, I am the knight. And I still would have said, I still would have popped. I still (laughs) would have popped.
0: Well, you you mentioned it, so I'm I guess I should just drag it out. Uh I'm pull out my only DC card for the time being. But first, let's go back in time a little bit. You know? Oh, well, how far back are we going? Uh, 12 years. Nice. Let's go back 12 years, you know, just 12 years. Nothing not nothing in particular.
1: Oh, no, nothing in particular. And
0: picture, picture that you're 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 back in 12 years, you know, no masks. Everyone coughing in each other's faces. Better, good old times. America. Good old America. Easier times. Obama's president. <sighs> a lot of good things going on uh, in the yeah. world. We're Iron crazy. Man, it's just hit theaters. And uh, you're walking around. You're walking down the street, and all of a sudden you see the back of a man. A strange man, just standing on the corner for no reason. He's in a large overcoat. He's got a duffel bag and a clown mask in his hand. And he gets picked up by a bunch of other men in masks. Those other men in clown masks, they zip line to a building. You don't know what the hell is going on. You just see that the guy that you saw at in the beginning is getting driven to a location, and we see that these might be signs of a bank heist. If, if, if you know, if you catch my drift, things, things are getting a bit uh, suspicious here, and all that's confirmed when some of those masked men burst inside of a bank and start to open fire, taking hostages and working on the alarm systems. Uh, and if you thought that any of that was weird, it gets even weirder because you start to notice that as the group completes each step of the heist plan, they're kind of systematically murdered by a member on their own team. All of a sudden, the bank owner uh, steps out holding a sawed-off shotgun, taking fire on the clown men, but he ends up getting taken down by, again, our first clown. We see the group discuss that they were instructed to take each other out, making fewer shares to split between them. And when it's down to just a few men, our mystery clown sets it up so that one gets hit by a bus, and he shoots the other one dead on arrival. As the last clown goes to leave, the bank manager verbally assaults him, saying, What do you believe in? Questioning whether or not he believes in anything, prompting the clown to turn around and say, uh, <laughs> Oh, so do, I thought you were going to do it. When you put your hands in your mouth, I thought you were going
1: to do it. Oh, <laughs> prompting
0: dude. the clown uh, to turn around and say, um, He believes what doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger he unmasks and we see for the first time in all of his silver screen glory heath ledger somebody else who was drugged through the coals by fandom about whether or not his portrayal of the joker would be any good and right there in this moment soon as the film starts you realize that this joker is heads above not only what any other Joker we've seen before, but heads above what you thought it was going to be. And now the seatbelts already locked. You're on for the ride. This Joker has gotten away from stealing from the mob. And in such a weird, intricate-ass plan that ends with him back in the school bus, driving along the lines with everybody else other school buses on, on route. Um, we got to see how masterful he was. We got to see his sense of humor. When he does that whole grenade bit with the te- bank teller that's not really a grenade. It's a smoke um, bomb. Or... Yeah, it's a smoke bomb. Um, we, we get to see his careless nature as he just piles bodies on top of bodies. Um, and we get to see how manipulative he could be when he gets this entire group to seemingly answer to a boss that's on the job with them that they don't even know is on the job with them.
1: It, and the greatest part about the writing is the way it setups the Joker. So you know why they call him the Joker, right? So why do they yeah, call him the Joker? Yep. I hear it's some kind of war pain. Oh, this guy thinks, this Joker guy thinks he could just sit out and collect the share, you know? like. And then if you've seen the film enough,
0: there's funny moments like him saying, Joker saying that the guy ran out of bullets. And uh, he's like, And he, he didn't his head. run out of bullets because yeah. when the guy stands up, he gets shot at, but he just doesn't get hit. Uh, and he's like, "What did you learn how to count?" <laughs> but he doesn't really care. It doesn't matter to him whether or not that guy gets shot or dead. And the way he even looked up,
1: and he's like, "Yo, is he out?" He's just like, "I yeah, guess so." Like, I yeah, think so. like yeah. go ahead,
0: try it. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead, try it. Like, maybe yeah,
1: yeah. you'll test your luck.
0: You have good odds. I think you have good odds. Go ahead, try it.
1: <laughs> man, so where did you learn to count?
0: Um, but yeah, man, Joker. That you know that goes uh, hands down. I thought about. Um, Jack Napier, you know, and putting him on this list, uh, but there's way more of Jack Napier in that film before Joker. No, I I truly believe
1: that. That, that Batman 89 is just as much about Joker as it is about Batman.
0: And also, I like my Joker to be more mysterious than tragic, and we don't know anything about this guy, about this Joker, the Joker I'm just referring to. We don't have any backstory. Which is a we testament
1: to who's writing? Who's writing, my man? Alan Moore's writing. They had... <laughs> They were
0: able to keep – I mean, they even go to the lengths you, and the cinematography, right, of them panning up from his feet, going up while he's tapping his foot in the jail cell going, no fingerprints, no DNA like this. No, we can't find anything. Nothing in his pocket but
1: knives and lint.
0: Right, right. And so, like, they that character is so much of that movie, and so much of that movie is setting up that character. And he did a tremendous job uh, in the beginning of that film. All
1: right. So my la- these are our last two picks, right? Yes, I, yes. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna take us on a little bit of a of a trip. Oh wait, I have three left, but I think it's because you're
0: gonna do one. one uh,
1: I... Yeah, I'm gonna do one, then you do one. I do. Th- you'll go last because I went first. Right, right, right. So you're gonna go last. Yeah. All right. So we're in Gotham. Are let's, let's oh, we going back to Gotham? No, no. We're in Gotham, but okay. we're going to hop in the train. Okay. All right. It's going to be a long train ride, so oh, you better you yeah. better bump up because we're going all the way...
0: Tra- i seen those Wayne trains. they not one of them crashing like... A... <laughs>
1: oh, don't worry. This, this Wayne train is going to take us all the way down to a little place called Harlem, baby. So Harlem? we going Harlem, Harlem? baby. Oh, Why? Because... I really don't know where the hell exactly Jessica Jones's little alias <laughs> place is. And I just needed a cool segue to introduce the fact that Luke Cage's first impression in Jessica Jones will yeah. always stay with me. Sweet Christmas. Yeah. Will o- when they first had sex for the first time <laughs> and he says, Sweet Christmas. I've read that in- before. I've right, read right. him say Sweet Christmas right. before. I don't remember I where. He was wearing
0: but... a yellow shirt when they first seen him as well. And not
1: only was he wearing his. Every time he's on screen in a low-lit setting, and most specifically his bar, he has an orange or a yellow... A warm, yeah. And then palette. when you cut back to Jessica, she has the purple. They Always the dark purple. In, they
0: even did that in Luke Cage, and at, at one point they did it in Defenders where they were cutting between them, and then when they cut to Luke, everything's, you know, warm. And yellow and warm. And like Because
1: yeah. like, you know he's just... He's warm. You want a hug? You want Mike Coulter to just hug you and let you know it's okay. 2020 is almost over. <laughs> we're 20 we're 29 days away. I want Mike Coulter will hug me and tell Please me everything's come okay. Back. He come back. Okay. And then when not, not only was his impression great because of the the way the, they set up the cinematography, the way they set up Jessica Jones stalking him. Mm-hmm. And in your head if you aren't the layman and you know about the power couple, right? Then you know that oh my god, this is a Jessica Jones that's like loving him from afar first. So we're going to get this eventual build up. But then we don't see him for like two episodes. And then when we do, we get Jessica Jones and Luke Cage fighting side by side in a bar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, but you, you had to but you had to buy him as Luke Cage in that first appearance or else you wouldn't have bought the, the other show. stuff. Yeah. The other stuff. And he's such a big part of that Marvel Cinematic universe. Like he's one of the I'm not gonna say one of the few. I think they got a lot of that casting right, but I'm saying like he was a pillar, in my opinion, of that universe.
1: Oh h- him, Cox, and Jones were they? They were the tripod that held up the legs of. But the thing
0: is, I love that universe so much that I would then go uh, Foggy and uh, Rosario
1: Dawson. Oh, uh, Misty. Yeah, then you start just you start uh, even even the girl even um Con, Con, Debra- Colleen from yeah, Iron Colleen, Fist, Colleen, Colleen from yeah. especially in season two, Debra she was, and was great. Will was
0: great as Karen in in, uh, in Daredevil. Stuff like that. So, like, yeah, I've I fallen over that entire MCU. And with it being gone, it's like...
1: Sometimes- no, it is one of the most... Tra- I'm not going to lie. That is probably one of the most tragic and biggest letdowns in comic book movie TV history for me. Like, you guys, you had it. You had it. You had everything you needed. You had the Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist. Should have been a layup. You had um, Punisher. Then you had Defender. Why? You, you know what the thing is? They just didn't want it. Disney probably just didn't want it.
0: Yeah, I guess not. They
1: probably just didn't want it. Hashtag save Daredevil. <laughs> Yo, I'm in it too. Don't think I don't know. Yeah, I'm here exactly. with all of you guys. Hashtag save Daredevil, save bro. It, save it. I'm a Mr. Cox fan. I love oh, me, okay. Cox. There's a lot, of, there's
0: a lot, of, there's a lot of going on in the studio right now. But you were talking about tragedy. You talking about how could they mess it up. I can tell you how they could mess it up. I'm going to give you a, a amazing first impression and then followed up by how you can mess that up. Because if you were a fan of The Walking Dead, many of us have been wondering how they were going to handle Negan's character once he made his way to the show. Because in the comics, he's always cursing. He's cursing nonstop. And he would kind of sort of dispense inhuman punishment on occasion to people in incredibly gory fashion. So the question was, how much were they going to dumb down Negan for the show? Famously in his first comic appearance in issue on 100, he murders Glenn with a baseball bat uh, in such a gruesome fashion that no one who read it would ever forget that character in that moment. So you fast forward to April of 2016, or I guess you can go backwards to April 2016, and our crew of protagonists in The Walking Dead, led by Rick, have been taking on a whole slew of challenges, a whole group of outsiders. Um, I think at this point they had already dealt with cannibals like it, it, they had done. They had dealt with almost every evil imaginable and have come out on top. It become these like feral dogs that got really good at hunting uh, Rick and his crew until he bumped into a bunch of bears. <laughs> and so the show and the comic set us up to be incredibly confident in our protagonists here. And all of a sudden. You see our heroes are corralled and placed on their knees at an RV and they are surrounded. There is there's as far as our heroes are concerned, I'd be surprised if there was 10 of them, 12. But there are at least a hundred of the saviors, the group of of misfits that Negan um, deals with surrounding them so they're outnumbered they're outgunned there's nothing for them to do they're at the mercy of this man they're placed in front of an rv someone knocks at the door and out comes jeffrey dean morgan you know look, you know dressed to the nines just like negan negan didn't have a beard in the comics but i think the beard totally works uh, the
1: beard it, it helps better yeah
0: he's clean faced in the comics which is weird because yeah, I don't I, think anyone would be clean face in the apocalypse because I don't think anyone's working on shaving in the apocalypse also when I won't I old. won't
1: buy Jeffrey Dean Morgan clean shaven don't give me a Jeffrey Dean Morgan clean shaven just don't do it <laughs> e- even, even Watchmen had, had, had the Thomas you know... Wayne had a mustache too yo even Thomas, <laughs> Wayne, had Thomas Wayne had a mustache I'm <laughs> telling you the only time I've ever seen a, a, a a clean-skinned Jeffrey Dean Morgan was his cameos appearances in P. S. I Love You with the uh, Hillary Swank, yeah, and his little cameos in the first season of Weeds.
0: I also think he was in Grey's Anatomy. I think he died in Grey's Anatomy. My he God, was, did, he probably did he die. And he didn't have a mustache.
1: Oh, see, see what happens. And you know what's funny? All three of those roles that he didn't have a mustache, he dies. That's what happens. I mean, well, Thomas he, Wayne also got
0: shot, so I and mean, the comedian got thrown out of a window. This guy doesn't have good luck. He
1: has no luck. Go- wow, he has his, no luck with his, his, with his luck. roles. Luck. He dies in everything he does. But um. He, he comes out,
0: and again, everyone's waiting for what, what this guy's going to sound like. And the first things he says are, pissing our pants yet? Well, boy, do I have a feeling we're getting close. <laughs> and, it, like, it, it, like he, he didn't have to curse. In that moment, you got his juvenile nature already. He's already talking about people pissing their pants. That, the, what they were trying to get across with all the cursing was the fact that he's just kind of a... He's kind of a An asshole? Kind of an asshole, yeah, but also somebody who thinks his sense of humor is way funnier than it actually Every, is. Yeah, okay. and no one's gonna, no one's gonna not laugh because he'll kill them. <laughs> so, you know, he says this stuff, and then you only have the headlights of the cars that are surrounding our heroes to illuminate this. So it's a real spooky, dark shadow oh, between the season scene. finale
1: and then the season premiere. The right. next season premiere, it was atmospheric as fuck. Right, and you have like these cicadas in the
0: background. It's showing how dead silent everything is and Negan just explains to Rick that you know you cross the line and you you have to pay like very matter-of-factly he's so cavalier but he, it but also in this menacing way that he almost comes off as like charming if he wasn't so damn terrifying. <laughs> and it, you also he's brandishing Lucille who if you read the comics you know about Lucille that's basically his boo it's a barbed wire baseball bat and he's Holding it, he's just explaining the lay of the land. They work for him now. And even though it's a hard pill to swallow, quote, swallowing is what they will do. <laughs> and like I said again, so much swagger
1: and menacing swagger. And the way this. he tortures them is Perfectly where he where he lets Daryl crack him yeah. and there's up eh, first one's free because we're all a little tense here. Right. So I get let's let's just calm That's down. But the first one's free, next time I'm gonna fuck I'm yeah. gonna fuck someone yeah. up. Like, yeah, he was very... I love how he just Alright, yeah. I understand, you know, things are a little scary, you can get you can get your anger out. So he makes us he makes a statement that that Rick has killed a lot
0: of his men and that he can't let that go on. And so that for their relationship to continue, he now needs to make a, a he needs to send a message. And they can move on from there. The message is, he gonna kill somebody.
1: Someone has to die. So I thought it was gonna be Big Man with the beard. So he goes gonna be playing
0: any uh, Meeny, Miny, mo with his bat to decide who's gonna be the victim and who's gonna pay, pay the price. I'm gonna put a pin in that. You know why I'm gonna put a pin in that? Because they put a pin in that. As he's doing any Meeny, Miny, mo, the camera changes to the POV of the people who are getting the bats pointed at them. Oh yeah, any me. I remember. And then the camera cuts before you find out who it is. That's... Then is how you fuck up a, uh, a debut because, in my opinion, they could have kept whatever they, they only did this so that they can get a, a high number of ratings on the on the closer and a high number of ratings on the opener. It's Everyone's gonna Dead. rush to season it's seven. It's a Walking Dead tradition that you don't do anything until the first episode of the season or the last episode of the season to set up again for the first episode of the season. It's it it's something that anyone who has critically watched Walking Dead for years has realized and probably has jumped off ship like me. Because it's so apparent. They do nothing until,
1: until the, the end. Because they, they survive off cliffhangers in a sense.
0: 100%. And so, um, yeah, you don't know. And so for months, people are just doing away. As and it's all the way until October. Be. And then they, they, uh, they also can't show all the promotional material for the next season without spoiling who lives and who dies. So it's a whole thing. Over, overall, you, we do get back. And everyone's still waiting on Glenn. Because Glenn is the guy who gets this... This is a co- iconic moment for Glenn. And Glenn gets his head bashed in pretty freaking... Bro, oh, his later. eye popped out of eye his... Eye popped tongue. out of that, Which also happens in the comics. And also is something that both the comic and... Um, and Negan comment on. Like,
1: oh, whoa, look at that. God oh, damn popped near of, popped his eye out of his skull. I right. Remember. Like, yeah. All of
0: that is just so callous and cold and gross. Uh, it is, it's ridiculous. And... Um, you're, you're, Glenn dies. And you're like, damn, that sucks. Well, that is, uh, that is apropos to the comics. I guess that puts us on the right trail or whatever. And then he says, you know what? I'm going to kill another. And he points at Abraham, the redhead with the... That's two, what I
1: thought. I thought who was going to go originally.
0: And he gets got. <laughs> he
1: and gets he did killed. get get.
0: And he gets killed. So that was the only thing that saved me from like completely jumping off the show at that time was that they did uh subvert an expectation I thought it would only be Glenn with with us getting Abraham no it's
1: he, he
0: no Abraham got got but Abraham he, doesn't get gotten in the comics. The only person who gets got in the comics is... God. No, that's what
1: I'm saying. Abraham never got got in the comics. No, he gets got in a different way. In a different way. <laughs> they all get got. <laughs> oh, so when in in it ends, ways. they all get got, In ends
0: various different ways. I mean, by the time you get to the end, Rick's not around. So, yeah, it's stuff like that.
1: So Rick and his son really do... It's a like, thing, it, yeah. it's, it's a whole thing where n- motherfuckers really got got. It's a zombie apocalypse. It's hard to
0: stay alive. But, oh, man. That's but, Kirkman, in, But in right? an instance, oh. you're you're both... You're enamored, but scared. You're disgusted but impressed by how charismatic he can be. It's a hodgepodge of emotions, but it made you feel something. So Negan's first impression is definitely going on this list as part of my list.
1: Oh, I definitely... I I would rather 100% you talk about it because I am notoriously known to not know anything about The Walking Dead except for what (laughs) George shows me or tells me or my father and sister because they were into it for a while. Like, my father owns the comics. Okay. So uh, this is my last pick of the evening. I
0: realize I have two picks left. Would you want me to do another or do you want me to do both at the end? Uh just just
1: take take you know what take, take them take both. Another? I I'm going to I'll accept it as you couldn't decide between the two of them. Okay, so I do those so, both at the end. Yeah, do them together. So why not? So I cuz I want to be I to spe- me. I specifically want to save my last entry because it's a tribute entry. Okay. It is 100% a tribute entry because we 2020 has come and nearly gone. Yes, yeah. And within that time we have lost Many people, whether personal, people of other people that we know, friends and family, we've lost celebrities. But one of the most heartbreaking deaths of this year, by far to me, is the loss of such an incredible talent as Chadwick Bozeman.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. Rest in peace.
1: And it I when I saw the news that he died, I started crying. I legit actually started crying. Because I said no, we just got you in a movie you were signed for something else black panther 2 like you know, going why why did why did we have to lose such an incredible spirit and that incredible spirit does what an incredible spirit does and he captivates not only can he captivate an audience but he can literally hands down tell you i am the greatest first impression in a comic book movie and black panther in civil war when he when it's his when when insight. he was just dealing with the... He didn't even get a chance to mourn his father's death. He didn't get a chance to mourn his father's... What does he tell Black Black Widow? In Wakanda, we don't look at death as this. It's a, more of a stepping off point and blah, 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 blah. And he, she's like, don't worry, Miss Romanoff. I'll get him myself. And what do you see this man doing? This man... Takes what is he takes like Bucky out of the helicopter, like hits the helicopter. And well, you first see he chases
0: him down on foot. Remember he chases him down. With the,
1: the was the, the was the building scene before the, the I thought the highway scene was after the whole helicopter and Steve doing the pulling the helicopter because I think Bucky jumped out of the roof and was going to a helicopter and that's when Black Panther like hit the hit the helicopter in a way and he ends up falling no, out. No, he. He
0: jumps from the roof, but then Black Panther also jumps. Oh, no, that's right. He tackles him. He tackles
1: him. He tackles him. him. Yeah. Then
0: they go and do the run. I remember the helicopter thing, but they get arrested after the Black Panther thing.
1: Yes. All three of them.
0: Yeah. The helicopter moment that you're thinking about is after uh, Zemo activates Bucky again.
1: Yes. Yes. And he was. Because he fights Black
0: Panther. Yes. They fight again. Uh, and oh, fight. Bucky's fighting
1: everybody in that little like a uh, uh, luncheonette Shield, or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when he like power bombs, mess hall or uh, whatever. Yeah, power bombs Black Widow. Uh, I think. That w- I think that was one on, on your list as well.
1: Black Widow was on my list, but there was Ramona Flowers was on my list. So what happened honestly? to those
0: two. I think you were missing one entry, why, why Am I mi- got, if- which is why my entries got. got
1: okay, so, got so if I'm missing like one <laughs> entry, then I'm, th- then I'm just gonna I'll just throw both Black Widow and Black Panther together together. so, my, so
0: Talk a little bit about Black Widow.
1: Black Widow is also another one that I didn't know who I didn't know who Black Widow was. I'm going to be straight up honest with you. We're talking what? Iron Man was 2010. No, Iron Man 2 was 2010. I had no idea who Black Widow was. I wasn't fully immersed into everything comics the way I right. am today. I I had to be a rookie one day, George. That I had to start as a rookie. So
0: <laughs> I think we all did. That's the whole reason why I started this podcast. And it's, it is fun jumping in on, you know, on the ground floor and, and figuring out what your own path is going to be when it comes to reading this, these things.
1: So when when it came down to Iron Man two, the only thing that I knew about Scarlett Johansson was that she was hot in all of her movies. She was from uh, I think she was she was the the daughter in uh, Home Alone three. She was in she was the love interest in Lost in Translation. Like you know there wasn't really much of Scarlett Johansson, but I just knew who she was. So when we get her into Iron Man two, my first impression is oh oh great now we have a love triangle between him and Pepper, Uh, because that's all this movie needs. You know, I, I really liked Iron Man too, but there was a lot of things that I, a lot of decisions I didn't like. I thought that that was going to be one of the directions they were going.
0: It's a bit bloated.
1: And then, all he looked here's how it happens: the man gets drunk at a birthday party, fights Rhodey, runs away, wakes up hungover inside of a giant donut mascot. And when he's going to go get his coffee and have his coffee with with uh, Nick Fury, who happens to pop up and just. Like those, that classic pan up shot from boots to ass to back to hair. <laughs> right. All you see is all black leather spandex with long red hair and boom, Black Widow out of nowhere to the point. Even Tony didn't know who she was. Yeah, she also injects him in the neck. Isn't she the one that does that? I
0: think so. And walks up and just injects him in the neck with some kind of thing. And then you have that awesome moment uh, where she's helping taking down some of Hammer's men.
1: Um, with uh, Happy with Hogan, Happy
0: Hogan, yeah, and you really get to see her moves, her hurricane Karana move that oh that was used everywhere, it <laughs> everywhere, even the same angle of it. Uh, we and you to... would have
1: to sell her to be able to sell her in Avengers.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're getting to the point where now we should get her own film eventually one day well, when all this is so, said. Didn't and she died. have a damn trailer, man? Like even uh, so the had movie trailers.
1: Yeah, she was supposed it's to come be up a task... I had to have a Taskmaster article ready for that. Yeah, I found I saw a Taskmaster
0: fitted that was looking pretty good.
1: Um, but yeah,
0: man. uh it, it did show her as somebody worth a damn. And even in the sexiest moment, quote unquote, where she's taking off her clothes in the back of Happy's car, she gives him shit for it. She gives him shit for looking, you know, yep. so she stands up for herself. She's not she's a badass, but she's not using her sexuality to be a badass. No, she's just happens to be badass and sexy at the yep. same time. Exactly. And that's all you need to be badass and sexy. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes that's all it is. Are you ready for my final two?
1: I would love to hear your final two. So we're going to
0: go, we're going to take one for TV, and we're going to take one for movies. Yeah, I think
1: I realized I only chose Luke Cage for TV.
0: Yeah. Um, Do better, TV. Do better. Uh, So let's start off with TV. So we're shown a hospital in Hell's Kitchen. And we see a pair of menacing black boots enter the shot. As the camera pans up, we see a man in all black with a military haircut walking with a purpose down the hospital corridors. As he turns the corner, we can see that this man is carrying a sawed off shotgun. And when a cop approaches to confront him about it, he disables and disarms the man with ease. He tears through the hospital looking for the criminal that my boy Matt Murdock and Karen Page are protecting, which leads to a high-speed chase. And next thing you know, the Punisher is trying to snipe from above. Daredevil arrives, and the two go at it with Frank letting out various shots. They're doing hand-to-hand combat, and as they're punching he's blocking, he's just randomly shooting his gun, hoping that he shoots Daredevil. It's the weirdest, coolest action scene I've ever seen because the other guy's actively trying to shoot at, shoot at you while you're blocking and throwing haymakers. So they're doing all that. He's taking, the, taking on the Devil of Hell's Kitchen hand-to-hand, which is not easy. My man is trained by uh, the (laughs) chaste, so, you know, that that ain't easy. But they're fighting hand-to-hand. Frank gets the better of Daredevil, but Matt runs runs him down and tackles him. He's able to knock him down and seemingly has the upper hand before the Punisher pulls out a handgun, points it at the blind hero's head, and just says, bang, shooting Daredevil and causing him to fall off the rooftop. There may be no better introduction to the Punisher character. Than oh that. no! <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I would,
1: I would need you to watch Warzone for I you have to have that Warzone. to stake down. But I, I, as someone that's watched Warzone, I'll agree with you on that. That is the Punisher. That's how you introduce the Punisher. And they're taking great inspiration from Punisher and versus Daredevil in comics that I've yep. seen panels yep. from before.
0: Yep, these two have a, a long storied history. But I think another thing, another level about it is that. Um, he, he, in that show, is pre- characterized the way I think of the Punisher in comics, which is he's a storm. He's just... 100%. He's a natural disaster that just happens and then just goes to the next place to do that elsewhere. So the fact that he just, like, screw protocol. He just walked into a hospital armed with a shotgun. You know, taking out everybody left and right that try to stop him. There's no off switch to this man because he's on a mission. And when he's on a mission, he gonna kill, he he'll shoot a hero in the head. You understand? He'll shoot you were in my way. Right? You understand? You were in my way. And when you put him down, when I when you put him down, they get back up. When I put him down, they stay down. And all of that that's how the episode ends. He says, bang, shotgun happens. I mean the shot happens, Daredevil falls off the roof, and then it goes to credits. And you're sitting there going, what did I just watch? And how do I get more of it? You wanted more, and I gotta name my man. You wanted more of my man, John Bernthal, as the Punisher, as Frank Castle. I think that that Punisher thing. is Hell, one even of the one
1: best. of his even one of his best moments as Punisher isn't even one where he's fighting or killing. It's the courtroom scene. Where he's talking about how he's the bad guy, you know, you want to put away the bad guy. And all- that's one of my favorite parts, bro. He that that was big bad Punisher. That's me, <laughs> bro. Because it's that's so me. it's so crazy. Because if you look at in color grading wise, he's in all white, so you think, oh, this is purity, you know? but it's the it's the complete stark contrast of of purity. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, that all white outfit ends up getting covered in blood, so you know, of the Punisher skull and in another spectacular scene. Oh, that's
1: another uh, one, that, yeah, that,
0: that they had there together. Um, Didn't
1: that win comic book uh,
0: award for us? I think it did. That was a hell of a moment. That's that, was that, that
1: corridor prison fight scene.
0: Are you ready for what? What could quite possibly, and at least in, in, as according to this back and forth that we're doing, could quite possibly be the best first impression in uh, comic he book. He said,
1: "What could possibly?" I'm I'm ready for this. All right. I don't uh, even know where you're gonna go with this. I'm
0: gonna start with porn.
1: Well, let's start with porn.
0: All right. I think that this is a very versatile podcast. I think we can talk about all kinds of things Uh That Jay so let's Summers. Talk about, let's talk about porn, but in particular a porn star. Let's talk about uh, an older porn star. Let's talk about Tracy Lords. She's an older porn star. I think she was in some horror movies in, in her day. Uh, she's done some obviously extracurricular work. But in this instance, it's just Tracy Lord leading an unsuspecting victim to a vampire rave. She brings him into the back of a butcher shop where there's this huge underground party. Uh, the guy seems a little bit weirder, weary, so he starts asking questions. Do you really
1: think this is the best first impression?
0: Yeah, but the girl distracts him. I think i agree him.
1: with you in a sense. But the girl
0: distracts him with kisses. She is a beautiful girl. He's going to a club. It doesn't even really matter.
1: <laughs> yeah, when they get there, the party is
0: full. And everybody's having a blast. But when the sprinklers open, they rain blood on everyone. And now stranger quickly realizes something is up it is revealed that he is the main course at this party and after running around trying to escape the hungry horde our stranger falls on a pair of black boots camera pans up and we get our hero shot of our daywalker himself
1: blade 100% top 5 I'm man you, bro, definitely
0: clad in a badass leather outfit sunglasses and a the dustler. haircut
1: was just perfect
0: my man got a duster. He got a
1: duster. A he got sword a sword sticking out,
0: literally. Uh, what's that called? Um, symmetrically placed, right in the middle of his back. He has a sword, just, just right there, right in the middle. The horde moves in on him, but he just lays waste, disposing of several with a shotgun, using various forms of martial arts, all kinds of anti-vampire weaponry. He takes out the last few and the last few of these vampires in spectacular fashion with his sword like literally just has a, has a moment where he's just like, I'm just going to chop him up. Starts taking him down with his sword and throws a circular blade to get the rest. Literally throws it and catches it uh, before impaling uh, Donald Logue.
1: <laughs> good old Donald uh, Logue. Good old
0: Donald Logue at the end there. I sat and I thought and I looked and I reviewed my list. And when I go to it, when I talk about badass debuts, when I talk about a character that most people probably didn't even know about, Prior to watching this film. When it it comes down to portrayal, accuracy, and sometimes the best metric, badassery. Badassery. Wesley Snipes showing up in Blade has to be one of the best first impressions I've ever seen.
1: Some motherfuckers always try to (laughs) ice skate uphill. They
0: always try to ice skate uphill.
1: Uh, (laughs) That's the greatest line ever. That's That's the greatest line ever. But I think in general that's a pretty
0: comprehensive list. You said Ramona Flowers. I think that's... A great, a great poll. There, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think, did a great. Because really, her that. her
1: first impression there wasn't um, her uh, rollerblading through Scott's dream, because she has glasses on. You don't know her. All she says is, "You're not alone." It's you saw talk- at the party, right? Was it the part where she's standing there, the, pu- the Puckman Pac Man joke? I'm trying to remember if it was the party he saw her first, or if it was the the library he saw her first. It would
0: have to be the party
1: because then he wants to chase
0: her down from that moment, right? He goes to tell his ex's sister who that is. She says, uh, "No, no, no, no!
1: It was the library because it was when him and knives were walk. Remember, this was their this was during um their their date that was going well because okay. there was two different dates. There was the date that was going really good where they're mm-hmm. having fun, and then the date where he's like, uh, I don't know anymore. And I remember the first time we we in a sense quickly meet her. She's skating right through his head. Yeah, and then there's a moment where he's. Walking down the stairs with knives while they're at the library and garage, uh, garage truck is playing down and you see that garbage truck, garbage truck, <laughs> garbage truck, <laughs> truck. <laughs> garbage garage. God damn, it's RZ been B's. a long year, Bruce. It's been Steve. a long, it's been but a long yeah. everything. But yeah, that's definitely that. Uh, that's that. That would be my. If I had one honorable mention, Ramona Flowers is definitely my honorable mention. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, w- you know, I was thinking of like Kingpin, but there was a lot of le- leading up to him. We just covered it not too long ago. Kilgrave. Kilgrave showing up to that house and getting that whole family to do what he wants, including trapping kids in the bathroom and making them piss Oh, and themselves. you never
1: see him. No. And you never see his face.
0: But that's like the first impression you get of him as a Well You get everybody talking about him, and obviously you get like the moment where he talks, where he's... um
1: Talking on the phone to Patsy on the and radio. And also
0: talking on the phone to uh, Hope to get her to shoot her parents or whatever.
1: Yes, yes. yeah. So you get instances. It's very much like how the Joker was set up before we finally get the mask being taken off. Like 100%. everybody, you, you, know, you already know before you meet Kilgrave that this is a man that's going to drive shivers up your spine because it's someone that gave our own power girl PTSD. Right. But
0: then you, but you're constantly worrying like to what lengths are the, uh, the powers, you know, to what effect. You, you're only hearing urban legends about him with other people's accounts. So when you see that moment of him walking into that apartment, all from his POV, you don't ever really see him. See the back of his head. And he gets that lady to cook him dinner. And he gets the father to shut up. And he gets the kids to go into the bathroom. I mean, go into the closet. Because kids are... are uh, should to be, be seen, seen and not, not heard. heard. Like, that's... A, that's It's hard to beat that. And I do, do find that when I was going through my list, there was a lot of villains.
1: <laughs> that was my thing. Is I, I kind of wanted villains. to just stick to a hero list. Yeah. I really didn't want to do villains. Because, I mean it's the cheapest way to get a first impression on your list obviously the movie's not about them obviously if the first time you see the villain they're either in full glory or but the-
0: to, but to be fair like especially like me as a fan of the burton films those guys all had origins all of them uh 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 Mr Freeze Mr. Freeze, Riddler, Catwoman, Penguin, Joker. Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. You know what
1: I'm saying? Bane even had a damn...
0: Uh, Yeah, Bane... Had a
1: backstory, in a sense, yeah. Bane,
0: I think the only one that didn't was Two-Face, but then you go back and they show him getting his ass thrown on his face. That's
1: expositional backstory, that's still...
0: He would have counted, but I don't think he was that great.
1: (laughs) No, no, definitely not. Sorry, Tommy Lee Jones. (laughs) Oh, damn, you know, I want one more honorable entry before we go, and I definitely have to go Riddler in Batman Forever. But what? that's what I'm saying. I think that that wouldn't count
0: because you get all the Edward Nigma stuff up front. The same get, way the Catwoman. Because I would go Catwoman in Batman Returns. But she but you, in and get, yeah. when she comes in and saves that woman. When she comes in and does all those uh, flip, cartwheels, cartwheels. Yeah, cartwheels and backflips to save that woman. And then still gets in her face like, you shouldn't make it so easy or whatever. Like, that's a badass moment. That's like, that's
1: yeah. actually Catwoman being Catwoman. Yeah, I uh, loved
0: it. absolutely loved it. But I was, I was thinking Dormammu. Like people were wondering what that character was gonna be. Dormammu's been such a huge staple in Marvel Comics and a huge, you know, thorn in the side of Doctor Strange that I was wondering how you how do you depict an otherworldly being, and I think they did a pretty good job with Dormammu.
1: I would definitely go one another on bench for Ultron. Just because I love the way his first impression is he is a broken down, useless I wish he would have
0: looked that way the whole time. I wish he would have looked like the I like that he was Iron evolving Legion, in the Iron Legion.
1: I didn't I, I think I
0: don't know if we've ever spoke about this, but my big issue with, with Ultron is that he emotes.
1: <laughs> that he that, that
0: yeah, it's that he emotes. If he was a if he was more robotic,
1: I think he'd be scary. Where his face, like how in the Avengers Assemble cartoon, where his face. Well, look at it. That's his face always.
0: It's yeah. just an open gaping, it's an open mouth, mouth yeah, <laughs> and two open gaping eyes. When you can blink and wince,
1: and you see his teeth,
0: he yeah, teeth when you and can wince as a robot, it's not as scary, to me. And also, they, that was like a bit of the narrative was that like he was taking on some of Tony Stark's like mannerisms.
1: No, because he even said, you know, keep your friends rich and your enemies rich and soon you'll find out which was which Like that was yeah, yeah. Act, that Tony. Yeah, because he was but, getting it from the And he internet. also calls Tony his father in a sense. The yeah. same way Vision calls Ultron his father. And Hank is
0: supposed to be his actual father, which that's a whole nother, a whole nother there. Wasp, great debut in Ant-Man oh, and the an Wasp.
1: Oh, awesome, Ant-Man and the Wasp.
0: Great debut. We got nothing. We had nothing before that. Um, we knew she would eventually become the Wasp, but she shows up in that scene with um, what's his face?
1: Oh, uh, Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. Good old Walton
0: Goggins. Walton Goggins, uh, the polygraph tester, and he shows up. Uh, yeah, she does that cool like um scene where uh, they're in the restaurant and she's busting ass. I thought that was a really that was really good there. And if you're gonna talk about Black Panther, you kind of have to sort of maybe probably mention Spider Man.
1: From a Civil War, yep, yeah. yep, that is that is one hundred percent truth because like, all right, even if you let's say you didn't see the the trailer, yeah, out of nowhere you just get a title card to Queens, yeah, and it's you know, even when you knew that Spider Man was in the trailer, you didn't know where he was coming in. The second you saw it say Queens, my theater popped. Yeah, my I, theater my popped as fuck. Yeah,
0: they popped. I actually put that song on my phone just because it reminds me of that ovation when it said Queens because everyone knew where they were going. Also, in the in the time from when he is shows up and grabs the shield to when he uh, is knocked down and taken out of the fight, when they're like, "No, you just stay down," you know, whatever. Um, it's all Peter Parker, it's all Spider Man, like all the stuff that he says and he's all his He's a he's a he's a high schooler. They inform you about that Spider Man. He doesn't right he there. doesn't
1: he's he's talking about that really old movie Empire, like yeah, yeah like. Yeah. Oh, man. Really, really,
0: really, really, really good stuff. And I'm sure there's a litany of more choices to be had. And I know that you guys who are listening to this podcast probably are yelling because I, there's one that I, we obviously should have named and we obviously didn't name, Dan. Well,
1: let's just cover our bases. Anthony Mackey as Falcon because he's awesome.
0: That's also, that's also probably. Rude. I was even thinking of Bucky. Because I didn't guy. even know
1: who. I actually didn't know who Falcon's real name was. So, I don't know who Sam Wilson is. Yeah. So, when I got that double kick in the wings and stuff like that, that, that was all badass to me, so. Yeah. But we have, there's so many comic book movies and comic book shows. And
0: yeah. So many and, characters. And, and this was a trip down memory lane. So, if you guys have any that you think stand out, let us know. I would, I really, we racked our brains to come up with this list and we also racked our brains to maintain our requirements, our weird rubric that we created to uh, make sure that our choices were fair. So, yeah, I would love to hear from you guys what um, what first impressions really stood with you. Um, you know, whether it was a comic book, television show, or a comic book movie. Uh, I want to go ahead and thank you guys for listening to the Major Issues podcast, and thank everyone who has been listening to the Major Issues podcast. Like I said, again, we've uh, surpassed ten thousand listens from countries all over all over the globe. Everyone now is dealing with something. A bit rough with this pandemic, man. It has not been easy and we don't pretend that it has. But in the few and far moments that we're able to sit and just geek out about the things that we love, if we're able to do that a little bit, you know, uh, every so often, then maybe we can all get through this, you know. And it's all about being able to, um, to still find joy, even with everything else that's going on. Uh, if you want to find all our joy, you can find it all at comicbookclick.com. That's where all 150 plus episodes of the Major Issues podcast exist. That's where a litany of articles written by the members of the Comic Book Click are. That's where our shop is. Our merchandise, our Tea Public store, is at comicbookclick.com. And that's the quickest way for you guys to find anything Comic Book Click, but also the quickest way to support us, because you can buy actual merch designed by myself for all of you. Uh, masks, T-shirts, phone cases—it's—it's uh, it's basically unlimited. It's—it's it's pretty cool. So go on comicbookclick.com, see all of our episodes. Um, but if you already have a podcast app, let's say you're already listening to this on some podcast app you've had from a long time ago, I know podcast apps are like barbers—you're not trying to switch them out. You have a loyalty. Well, you can—you can literally download this podcast in any podcast app, like Stitcher or Podbean or. Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or or YouTube or iHeart uh, or Spotify, you know, look around. We're there. We're always there. Uh, and we're always trying to bring you the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Uh, but the thing is, when we have these conversations like that. I'd like to make them a bit more interactive. So if you guys can get to us, can write to us by going to Facebook.com ComicBookClick, Instagram at ComicBookClick, or using the hashtag ComicBookClick to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to ComicBooks and comic book media, you'll get a response right away. We're having a ton of fun all over our social media. We, our latest uh, Venom art history uh, post has gone viral. So I guess that's something that we should be... Um, I, I know I'm proud of. Oh. Oh,
1: the man, 2.4 thousand. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's
0: climbing. So, yeah, uh, follow us all over social media. Go back and listen to our episodes. Like, share, and subscribe to the podcast and review it. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't like uh, when it comes to us doing this. I've been to the future. Can't tell you how it happens that we become the greatest because it'll mess up the timeline. But we do. So jump on the bandwagon before the bandwagon ends up being full. We hope our first impression was worth the damn. our first episode. I go back and listen to that sometimes. And to be honest, we've been doing this for so long that episodes without the classic intro that we've been doing and without the outro feel a bit weird. But it's, we all have it's to start somewhere. We all have to start somewhere. It's incredibly hard to, um, to make a good first impression. But we hope we made a good impression with this episode of the podcast. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don.
1: I am Dan the Comic Book Man.
0: And this has been our podcast episode talking about the most fantastic first impressions in comic book movie and TV show history. And remember, whether you were bit by a radioactive spider, whether you're one of those MFers trying to ice skate uphill, whether you're trying to attack the president.
1: Or whether you're just trying to avenge your father's death.
0: Remember, what doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. Remember, we are the clique. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy.